right. Hello, everybody. My name is Luke. Uh, welcome to everybody at all of our campuses or if, wherever you're at online. And hello, Mountain Road. Good to be with you today. Uh, question for the day, which way are you going to go? That's a question we encounter hundreds of times per day, maybe thousands of times per day. The, more, the majority of them, I think, probably go by unnoticed, like coming to the building that you're in right now. I mean, at every intersection along the way, you chose your direction. You picked your path. Now, you may have been here before and just done that very automatically. You're just following the known route. It was all subconscious. On the other hand, if this is your first time here, well, then the decisions that you made about which way you were going to go today may have seemed a little more consequential. Like, this is a thoughtful thing, an intentional move to go this way and do this thing instead of what Ever else you might usually be doing during this time of the week. I'm going to go to church today. That's which way I'm going to go. And we make all kinds of choices like that all the time, big and small, knowingly and unknowingly. Simple stuff like, well, do I go with the green shirt or the blue shirt? Do I buy Crest or Colgate? And if we've got our wits about us, if we're healthy, we navigate those basic choices with relative speed and ease. On the other hand, there are some times when standing at the intersection of two diverging paths, when we would do well to recognize the gravity of that question, which way are you going to go? Are you going to go to this school or that one? You're going to get a job or join the military? You're going to marry that girl? You're going to marry that guy or not? Which way are you going to go? You're deciding your future. Or just deciding your Friday. Are you going to go to that party or not? Are you going to drink at that party or not? Are you going to drive to that party or ride to that party? Which could be deciding your future. Which way are you going to go? Are you going to trust your gut or seek counsel? Are you going to bring it up again or let it go? Are you going to get revenge or give pardon? Are you going to choose good outlets to manage stress or unhealthy escapes? Are you going to disappoint your boss or disappoint your kids? Are you going to give in to your feelings or adhere to your principles? Are you going to keep the secret or come clean? Are you going to decide right away or think it over? Are you going to do it like your mama taught you or determine what's best yourself? Which way are you going to go? How are you going to choose the best way to make life work? Now, if you have some experience following Jesus and, and you know, reading the Bible, you understand that there are some times when it pushes on you in this way a little bit. It applies some pressure. It prompts that question, which way are you going to go? How are you going to attempt to make life work? That's especially true in the book of Proverbs, which is where we're going to be spending some time this summer. You can find it in your Bible. It's about right there on kind of the whole bookshelf of the Bible. And I know when you first start reading the Bible, especially if it's in the Old Testament, it can be rather intimidating. But I remember early on, one person told me, you know, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. You could read one a day and be done in a month. And that's a, not a bad idea. In fact, if you would like to join with us, we made a plan available to everyone. Just text plan to 94062. Get signed up for that. Maybe that is exactly the way that you will engage the Bible during this summer. I hope you'll do that. And it's ready whenever you are. Just text that in. Or another way to make the most of uh, this summer and this journey through Proverbs, like we've been talking about the summer study, it starts July 11th, a deeper dive into the book of Proverbs, doing that in a group setting, maybe that's the thing that you will do to uh, just make this the summer that God wants so you can get the most out of studying his word. All right, you ready to get into Proverbs? Hey, the enthusiasm is palpable. 
as we begin to open the book, if you have one, you have a Bible, go ahead and get it out. You can turn to Proverbs 1. But as we do that, think about being in this situation as if you were in a position where your parent is coming to you and saying, oh, my child, come, listen to me. I've got something to tell you. Would that be something that opens you up and unlocks your defenses and makes you eager to hear what comes next? Or would you, on the other hand, be like, oh, I roll. This windbag is going to try to tell me how smart they are. (laughs) Now I've probably done both. I know I've been um, kind of received both of those reactions when I've come as a parent. Now, generally speaking, though, I had great parents, and they've been great the whole time. So I would tend to be more open to something like that. If for you it's different, if you had different circumstances, maybe you've developed a resistance to things that come to you in the form of motherly advice or fatherly advice. And if you had rotten parents, well, then of course that's going to be true. But uh, no matter who you are, It's important to recognize that culturally, we're living in an era where the theme, you know, the the plot of every Disney movie is the young lead character dismissing the perspective of their out-of-touch parents and proving how their way is best. And that attitude is in the water everywhere. It's very common to be resistant to the opinions of the older generation, those old people who don't know anything. And I get it. There are some people who are old and stupid. And there are some young people who are young and stupid. And what Proverbs wants to say to us is, don't be stupid. And it's not going to apologize for being packaged in the form of advice being passed along from a parent to a child. Listen, my son. Hear, my child. I've got something important to tell you. I don't know if it'd be stupid to listen to your parents, but I do think it'd be stupid not to hear these Proverbs out. And they begin like this. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up. I'm gonna read it from the screen. Proverbs chapter one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. What are they for? Well, they're for gaining wisdom. Wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight. They're for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what's right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now, I think that's pretty inviting. If these are what proverbs are, and what they're for, and what they can do. I think most of us would be interested to find out more. Well, let's find out more. These are the Proverbs of who? Solomon, son of David. And even if you've never read the Bible, I bet you have probably heard of David and Goliath. We're in that territory. The Old Testament tells a family story, and it comes to a crescendo with David and Solomon. God starts to bless these people way back here. This family grows into a nation that is designed to bless the whole world. That's God's desire for these people, that they would shine as a light for all nations in virtue and righteousness and justice and devotion and everything that's good. Well, if that's going to happen, then it starts at the top. The king has got to lead the way. And you can read the track record of King David and King Solomon right back here. And if you have, you know that they have learned what to do and what not to do. They've done it all. 
And that accumulated wisdom is now being shared with the next generation. Specifically, first in view is the lineage of kings who are going to come from Solomon. Heirs to the throne. Generations of leaders who will be trusted to govern and shepherd the people. What do those pups need if they're going to do that well? Wisdom. What do we need if we're going to make life work? Wisdom. The Bible wasn't written to us, but it is for us. And here's the unique invitation from the book of Proverbs. To sit among kings and princes and discover the keys to living well. To learn the right ways to go. Don't you want to know (laughs) the right ways to go? Don't we all want some guidance some kind of insight into the way things are and the ability to navigate our circumstances and use whatever faculties we have to somehow arrive at a meaningful existence. We're just trying to make life work. This introduction to Proverbs is an invitation to a journey toward, like it said, what's right and just and fair. And who doesn't want that? I mean, couldn't our world use more of that? Knowledge and discernment and wisdom. Oh, yes, God, give us some of that. To which God replies, I would be pleased to do that. Like God works at Chick-fil-A, it would be my pleasure. (laughs) And what's being served up in Proverbs is, is not just wisdom in the sense of intelligence, although it is that, but the best way to say it might be skillful living. That's what wisdom is, applied intelligence. When the Bible writers watch an artist, or a potter, or an architect, or a bricklayer, or a chef, skillfully working at their craft, they see wisdom at work. When a a leader governs with justice and compassion and courage, when a young person keeps their way pure, When a parent manages the many demands of household and vocation with integrity and discipline. When a business owner is honest and savvy and fruitful in generating resources for their community. In all of those things, that's wisdom at work. That's wisdom working itself out according to the way that the creator of those gifts has designed. Well, what would our world be if wisdom had its way? What kind of life would we have if we had wisdom? That's what Proverbs wants to get us thinking about. And that's why wisdom is hitting the campaign trail. Future kings, pay attention. Sons and daughters everywhere, listen up. Behold the wisdom of God. It is not hidden from you. Proverbs 1, out of the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Proverbs 3. My child, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments, for they will provide a long and full life, and they will add well-being to you. Proverbs 8. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop, along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to you, all of you, I raise my voice to all people. Proverbs 9, wisdom has built her house. She set it up there with seven pillars. She's prepared meat and mixed her wine. She's also set her table. 
She sent out her servants. She calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food, drink the wine, leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Like, what do I got to do to get your attention? Wisdom, I think, was the first one to go out by the road and wave to the passers-by. Are, are you there? Can, maybe, could you see me better if I get up higher? Can you, you see me now? Come, this is the way to go. Like, what, in fact, I don't want you to miss Don't trust Google Maps. I don't want you to miss it. Just follow right here. This will lead you right in. Just come right in here. Can, every, can everybody hear me? Life and peace and fulfillment is yours. Everything is prepared. It's all ready. Come and get it. Leave your simple ways and you will live. To those considering which way they will go, Wisdom calls. Lady Wisdom, as she's portrayed poetically, the handmaiden of God, the creator, given as a gift to all who seek her, and blessed are those who find her, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields a better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Have you been listening to wisdom's call? Are you walking in her ways? God is quite desperate to get our attention. Not because God is desperate, right? you know, insecure with low self-esteem, because God's love leads to a generous sharing of wisdom that makes life work best for us. Can you identify ways that God has been trying to get your attention? Hoping to guide you in the right direction. I can think of times when I've not been paying attention, tuning God out, ignoring the voice that wants to give me life. I can think of some people who, who've gone all in on this uh, going your own way. God isn't real, or at least is not important, is not relevant for them so far as they can tell. They're making life work just fine on their own, seemingly. And who can argue with them if they have friends and uh, good job and nice shoes and a spacious house and if they're fit and upwardly mobile? Or even if not all of those things, at least enough of those things for a respectable life. Enough of those things to feel confident showing their face in public. I know plenty of people who are taking exactly this approach to making life work. And there are plenty of times when I begin to think in the same way. Proverbs calls this being wise in your own eyes. And take it from Solomon who knows firsthand this is the worst mistake a person could make. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? Oh. I tell you, there is more hope for a fool than for that person. When you're wise in your own eyes, 
no matter how much of a ruckus Lady Wisdom is making, you become vulnerable to another voice. Sons and daughters, beware. When you stand at the intersection of two diverging paths, Lady Wisdom is not the only one issuing invitations. Lady Folly is also there. And she is an unruly woman. She's simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house, on a seat at the highest point in the city. She's calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there. Her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Lady Folly may be unruly and brash, but her way is alluring. Her path is always enticing. Her messaging, it just lands friendlier on the ears because she knows our unmet desires. She can make us believe that we're in control, that we're important, that we can become more than we are. She alleviates our fear of missing out. And her way, it just seems right. It's so natural, it couldn't be wrong. There is a way that seems right to a person. I mean, look, it, it seems right, it feels right. Look, I can judge it with my own eyes. But it is the way that ends in death. Stolen water is sweet. That's what Lady Folly said to everyone who's cheated on their spouse to everyone who's lied to get ahead, to everyone who's stolen time from their loved ones in order to satisfy their addiction to work. Food eaten in secret is delicious. Said Lady Folly to everyone who harbors bitterness, who nurtures impure thoughts, who lives a double life, to everyone who's blind to pride, that their own arrogance kept secret from themselves as they decide which way to go in life without giving God a second thought. Self-made, self-sustaining, self-governing, making life work in a self-satisfyingly enough way to keep them ignorant of where their path leads. Wisdom calls from her house, come, feast on what I've prepared. Folly calls from her house, come, feast on what I've prepared. Which way are you going to go? God wants to meet us at this intersection in the book of Proverbs. We stand before diverging paths hundreds of times per day, thousands of times throughout our life. 
And God desperately wants to equip us to choose wisely. Just like the best parents do for their children. (laughs) Throughout Proverbs, the wisdom of God functions as a shield, a guard, protection. It's right and just and fair. It brings life and peace and flourishing. It saves from evil, destruction, and death. Sons and daughters, nothing we desire can compare with this gift that God wants to give us. Are you ready to believe that today? Hearing wisdom's call in the book of Proverbs uh, lands in a couple ways for me. Number one, it reminds me that we've all given in to lady folly. We've all gone down that road. We don't need to have a contest about who's gone farther or who's stayed longer. Doesn't do any good to be judgmental about that, like a little child ignoring their own folly so they can point the finger at their sister. If only I could stop acting like a child. Well, the first step is own your stuff. Be honest about having gone down the wrong road. Even David and Solomon, these titans of biblical faith, had to be honest about ways they were lured from God's path. Their advice comes from real experience. And you know, when the Bible authors, when they look back all the way to the beginning, they see these these two paths. They hear these two voices. They observe our forebears, Adam and Eve, standing before two trees. The tree of life, which God has generously given to supply and sustain everything they could possibly need to wisely and skillfully rule the world. Nothing they desire could compare with the tree of life. Yet the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was alluring. They could see it with their own eyes. The power to define what's good and evil, to to define what's best on their own terms, according to their own wisdoms, seemed so promising of a way to make life work. So they took and ate. They chose that path. And afterward, they hid in fear. They pointed fingers. They hung their heads in shame forfeiting access to the tree of life. We've all gone the same way. There is nothing original about thinking you're smarter than God in making life work. Lady Folly has seduced us all. The question is, how much longer are you going to keep going that way? Lady Wisdom asks the question in hopes of guiding us to the solution. How long will you, our simple, love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? The answer is to repent. Turn around. That's what repent means. Go the other way. Good news. You're not cut off from wisdom. Seek her and you will find her. She says, I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. No matter how far you have gone down the wrong road, no matter how many nights you have spent at Lady Folly's house, when you are honest about that and you turn to God and say, I don't know how to make life work, but I want you to lead me down the right path and teach me your way. the treasures of God's wisdom can be yours. Repent. Turn today. We've all gone down the wrong road. Don't wait till the dead ends before you turn around.
The second thing that settles in my spirit as I listen to the wisdom of Proverbs is that I need to be reminded, or I'm reminded of how much I need to be reminded of wisdom's value, of how precious God's word is. It's so easy to slip into being wise in my own eyes, think I'm making life work on my own, I can just do it myself. But when I'm seeing clearly and I'm hearing clearly, then I do navigate life with a deep sense of reverence for God, dependence on God, and the conviction that nothing I desire can compare with God. All the cheap versions of happiness and peace and security are exposed for what they are. And like a precious gem mined from the earth, the wisdom of God captures my attention. The calling of Jesus drowns out all other voices. By the grace of God, my priorities are realigned. My focus is renewed, and I stop being careless in my choices. I fear God, meaning I honor God, and that begins to allow wisdom to set me straight. By God's wisdom, I know who I am, and I know how to live. I know who I am, and I know how to live. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I sit among kings and princes, not because I'm part of any royal ancestry, but because I belong to Jesus. You and I, if we are in Christ, well, then we are kings and queens in Christ. We are heirs. We are being remade in the image of our king, Jesus. The scars we have from recklessly driving down the wrong roads are healed by the God who loves us like a father. Tender like a mother saying, I don't care where you have been. You are mine. Never forget who you are and whose you are. That's what defines you. I need to be reminded when I am standing at the crossroads of every choice, nothing is more important than my identity in Christ. I have to hold on to that above all else. And when I know who I am, I know how to live. In Christ, we are now a royal family. No one may ever address you as queen or king, but we are given responsibility to rule to wisely make life work in our vocations, in our families, in our relationships, to lead ourselves and to lead others with integrity, to cultivate God's unstoppable good in our homes and throughout the world. That's our calling. And we can't do it without wisdom. Solomon's dynasty eventually fell because the leaders, through the generations, lost their way and the people followed. And it was a disaster. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put it back together again. Better read the fine print when you make your bed with Lady Folly. These people who were supposed to shine as a light to the nations were swallowed up in darkness. But now, by God's grace, the true light of the world, Jesus has come to set up a new kingdom, a kingdom that has no end and that can never be overcome. And it's not established by force, but by love. The powerful love of Jesus that draws together a new royal family of people who have been rescued from the path of folly. 
the wisdom of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the spirit of God is with us to guide us in the way we should go for our own sake unto life and peace and joy and for the sake of a world that has lost its bearings, a world that God loves and desperately wants to lead back to himself if only God's people would point the way through their life and their choices and their priorities and everything they do. If only God's people would listen to their parents in the faith when they say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Some of you have that memorized. For all of us, may that be our commitment today. Knowing that none of us have been fully committed all the time. We've all strayed. But there is a path back and a way to get on the path forward. Confess and repent. Hear and obey. Trust and submit. The wisdom of God is calling to you, saying, seek me, and you will find me. Practically, what that seeking looks like, well, it looks a lot like it always does when you're following Jesus. Looks like listening for God and his word, the Bible. Uh, The Proverbs reading plan is a great place to start. 31 days in July, start then, or start right now. It looks like being prayerful and communal in decision-making. Which way are you going to go? Well, invite God into that conversation. And invite others who love God and love you. Evaluate the paths that you're choosing, who you're following. Which path are they on? Uh, Who are you hanging with that you shouldn't be? Who do you need to hang with that you aren't? demonstrate that you believe that God's wisdom is the most valuable thing you can possess by arranging your schedule to be here weekly. Proverbs has so much to teach us this summer. This is just the beginning. Let's give lady wisdom our attention. We, we know lady folly is always mouthing off about other stuff we could do. In all our ways, may we submit to God. For blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and those who hold her fast will be blessed. Let's pray. God, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for meeting us in the place of all of life's choices. And as we stand there, we welcome your words to us. We welcome your wisdom, your spirit, your guidance, saying, God, help us. And there are times when we do not know which way we need to go. We need your wisdom. There are times when we have chosen the wrong way. We need your healing touch. We need your gentle encouragement to call us back to the right path. Wherever we are today, God, no matter what roads we have walked, I pray that you would help us to find your path, 
that we truly would be able to seek you in all our ways, to submit to you in all our ways, trusting you to guide us to the life that is truly life. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen.